Hello and welcome to TESOL POP. My name is Laura. Joining me today is teacher and trainer Sean Martin. Now, Sean has worked in a variety of TESOL settings, including teaching academic English to secondary and tertiary learners. He's also taught English for specific purposes to adults of various nationalities across a range of commercial sectors, including hospitality, law and aviation. In addition, he also trains new and experienced teachers on certificate and dip TESOL qualification courses. So welcome to the show. Hi, Laura. Pleasure to be here. So for today's topic, as Sean has so much experience in working with adults in an ESL setting, uh, we thought we'd focus on games for adult learners. So the points we're going to focus on today are the benefits of using games when teaching adults, how you can choose and set up a game successfully, and Sean is also going to recommend a game that you can try in one of your classes. So Sean, um, firstly, what are the benefits of using games when teaching adults? There are many benefits of using games when teaching adult learners. One of them is that games are an engaging way to foster language practice. Secondly, they can help create a relaxed learning environment, which is very, very important and can uh, lower the effective filter. That's that barrier that learners pop up that can prevent them from learning. It's all subconscious, but uh, uh, if they're relaxed, motivated, there's, there's always good promotion of learning. As well, when we think of games, we usually think of a uh, young learner or a uh, young learner situation, but we can have games as such that relate to real life context and, and they, they can be very communicative as well. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't think that perhaps when they think about teaching adults and the idea that games have a place to play. I think that point that you raised about actually helping to reduce anxiety for learners, particularly if they've not been in an educational setting or maybe they've not had a positive experience learning a language before, it can really help remove those barriers and help, you know, as you say, create a very positive and fun learning atmosphere. Yeah, that's especially the case if, uh, let's say, they're uh, in, uh, on an English-specific purposes uh, course and uh, they're not that keen on being there. For example, if they're forced to do something because their employer says so, that's going to raise their effective filter straight away. But uh, yeah. once, once they're engaged in uh, some, uh, some fun and activities uh, that uh, engage them and relax them, they, yeah, they, they, uh, they feel much more comfortable. Definitely. So what should teachers bear in mind when they're going about selecting and setting up a game in one of their classes with their adult learners? Well, that's a good point, actually. As, as well as the usual things we need to uh, think about when uh, setting up uh, tasks in a classroom, adult learners yeah, can be just as difficult as young learners as well. So my, my five points, really, of successfully setting up a game for learners is that uh, the, uh, the, the, the game needs to be focused on practicing the target language and skills. It might be vocabulary, for example. It's got to be, uh, the task has got to be appropriate for the learner's level and uh, abilities. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's also got to be introduced at the right stage of a lesson. Because uh, as we all know, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's nothing worse than asking uh, learners of any age or any level to uh, suddenly do something independently and spontaneously if they haven't had the practice to do it. So uh, thinking about the... Uh, the, the right point in the lesson to introduce it is uh, very important. Uh, another important thing to think about is that uh, can we as teachers and can the learners themselves see measurable results from the game? 
this is important as well because uh, if they can see measurable, we and the learners can see measurable results, then uh, that's, that's going to motivate them even more and uh, uh, reduce this or lower this effective filter even more. And taking and not taking away the spotlight from the learners for one minute, but as teachers, it needs to be practical for us to set the game up and manage it as well. Absolutely. If it requires a lot of resources and setting up in instructions, then it may actually eat into quite a lot of lesson time that you'd rather use for other aspects of study. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, um, again, I, I said there's nothing worse than uh, uh, throwing the learners in at the deep end, but uh, uh, and we've all probably experienced this ourselves, is uh, having that nightmare of having to set up something that's uh, uh, that's really, really complicated and uh, things don't go right from the outset. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's got to make it practical. Yeah. From what you say, um, any game could be used for any stage of the lesson, whether it's for uh, reviewing things that has been studied in the course prior at the very start um, of a lesson as like a recap or as a controlled practice for your practice or even produced. You could have like a game show for more of a produced task. Um, so it, it doesn't just necessarily have to be um, a vocabulary control practice game? Uh, no, absolutely. It, it can be anything. Even, uh, even as an example of a, uh, a vocabulary practice game, like anything else, if it's, uh, if it's a good game, uh, good task, good material, then uh, it's, it's going to be easily adaptable for another point in the lesson or for even for another language or skills focus. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, adaptability as well is, uh, is, is another uh, major consideration. Absolutely. You don't want it to just be a, a one trick pony that only works for one class. I think that's for any material or yeah. um, kind of resource that you use. Right. Good. OK, so finally, uh, what game would you like to recommend for teachers to have a go at trying? Well, this 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 is one that's uh, I'd, I'd never even thought of a name for it before until uh, uh, and, and until I was talking to you about it, and uh, then uh, mobile phone taboo is uh, is is the, is the game. It's it's uh, uh, it's a pretty obvious title when you when you think about it. So the way we would go about it is is that uh, learners would use their phones to message a classmate. Uh, the aim of the uh, game was for you to use language, gifs, emojis to elicit words or phrases without saying the target word. For example, if we were going to say coffee, we might show uh, an emoji of a, a coffee cup or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, uh, and uh, the, the important thing is that uh, uh, the learners are using their everyday technology. They're applying the language that they've learned in the classroom, be it, albeit uh, uh, single words or uh, it might be larger chunks, it might be idioms. But what they're doing with that is uh, uh, they are communicating in a, uh, in, in a concise way to one of their classmates to, uh, to try and elicit the answer. And uh, it, it, it could very well, depending on the uh, context of uh, uh, the, the, the class, it could have a very uh, real life application. So if I've understood, this game doesn't have to be just a one clue, one guess kind of game. It can have some turn taking in it. So, for example, like you said, you can post um, an emoji of a coffee cup. And if the person guesses cup of tea, then you can respond and say, yes, but not tea, another drink. Is that right? So it could be back and forth, not just you have to guess it in one. 
Yeah, that, that's, that's absolutely right, yeah. And uh, it works very well if, uh, if, if, if we're saying to the learners, this, this is uh, not something that can be, uh, be completed in one term. It's, yeah, and potentially it, it can go on for a long time, but uh, within the restrictions of the uh, classroom and the time available for uh, lower level learners, we, we, we might say, um, answer it in three terms or for more yeah. uh, uh, advanced learners. We, we might say to them at the outset, don't make this too easy for your partners. Try to challenge them and make sure that they don't get the answer in less than three terms or something like that. It's, uh, but uh, yeah, it's very, very flexible. And uh, yeah, we, 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 we can use it time and time again uh, at, uh, uh, at different levels. Mm, I can imagine it could be a, a nice activity to do as a control practice following introduction of vocabulary or as a review at the end of a series of mm. lessons or maybe even a, a very short wrap-up that you play at the end of a, of a class if they, if they become familiar with this kind of activity. Uh, what would you do if, if you don't have access to mobile phones or it's just not appropriate to use mobile phones because maybe there isn't a group whatsapp group or something like that within that class what alternative platforms could you use well certainly it's, it's not limited to uh, to mobile phones uh if if there are if there's a policy for no phone use in the classroom or some learners don't have phones uh and we've got other tech available there, there's a very uh a very good platform called answer garden that uh, uh, it's, it's, it's like a Google Doc, really. The, uh, the learners are provided with a link. It's, it's all in the assumption that they've got uh, laptops with them. They're provided with a link and a, and a question, uh, and they type their answers in, and uh, the, uh, uh, all the answers come, uh, come, come onto a central screen, and the uh, uh, most popular answers are, uh, are, are highlighted and uh, grown. In, in terms of uh, font size. So I think that's where the answer garden comes, the garden aspect of it comes from. It, it's growing all the time. And then uh, uh, it, that can also be, uh, uh, be turn-taking as well because uh, it then prompts the learners into uh, more responses to get the, uh, get the answer that's actually sought after at the beginning. So we've got answer garden. Uh, we, we can have online polls, Google Docs. It's, yeah, it's, it's limitless, really. And get that, yeah. even, even going from uh, the, the relatively high-tech environment, we, we could also use it with pen and paper. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We, we could pass it around, or if we haven't got pen and paper, it's uh, back to good old charades, even. It's, uh, <laughs> so it's adaptable yeah. for, for all levels of technology. And also all levels of learners. I like the fact that you mentioned you can use GIFs, emojis, um, and not just text. So if you are working with lower level learners, obviously they don't have a, a huge range of, of language, but you can still engage them in this game to get them to, you know, guess what the, what the word is. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think a lot of people, even, uh, uh, even in our uh, uh, high-tech age of uh, uh, using emojis and uh, other other symbols these days it's uh, uh, we, 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 we shouldn't forget that uh, uh, signs and symbols have, uh, have, have been used for well not just hundreds of years but thousands of years in the past and uh, mm -hmm. everybody in the world and every culture will, will uh, be familiar with uh, uh, certain universal symbols mm -hmm. absolutely
Thank you, Sean, for sharing your tips and ideas on games that we can play with our adult learners. If you would like to read more about games that you could try out in your class, then go to our website to check out the blog post there. I will put the link on the website. Also, if you have a question that you would like us to answer, then you can contact us on Facebook, Instagram, and also on the website tsopop.com. See you next time. Thank you.